So, are we talking about Claire? Do you want to talk about the Romeo Juliet scene? Or just, what do you want to talk about? Just bizarre. I feel like the whole franchise is slowly falling apart. Um, yeah. I mean, what was really annoying was when she was just like, nobody's fighting to steal me away. Bitch, you just sat down for five seconds. Can they breathe? So it's been brought to my attention that I say, here's the thing, frequently. Frequently enough to get edited out. And so we decided it would be only fair to start a segment called (laughs) Here's the Thing. I love that. Where we talk about things that trigger us. So this week, this is something that really has been triggering me and I've been thinking about it for a few days now. Like genuinely, I was at a friend's house and she had like a backyard thing going on and I took inventory of people who were there. I was like, what are your thoughts on this situation? So I've been thinking about it. (laughs) But we're not going to end the segment without trying to find a solution. So just know that. (laughs) We love to problem solve. So we need to make sure we have a solution. I I could not problem solve anything. (laughs) Okay. So this week, my trigger is the lids at Starbucks for the cold iced coffee drinks. They are awful. Literally awful. It's the equivalent of my four-year-old nephew's sippy cup. And so here's the thing. I get the why behind it. You're trying to save the turtles and like whatever. But. <laughs> the turtles or whatever. Do you care about the turtles? I care about the environment as a whole. I just really don't think that like eliminating a straw is going to save a turtle's life. Right. I feel like we have. We have the enough. The problem is nobody garbage. cares about You're, the plane. Right, right. So, I mean, look at any stadium after a football game, a of concert. Course. Nobody cares about anything anymore. So the straw, I guess I'm just confused as to the idea. Because people are throwing their masks on the ground, too, after they use them. Yeah, people don't care. Yeah, anyways, yep. So, and not only, I feel like the lid makes more plastic to make the lid. And I was thinking about it. I get like a venti cold brew. And I was like, you know what? Am I the only person who asks for a straw? Because I feel like a terrible person when I ask for a straw. I feel like I'm asking for like a murder weapon, you know? They do give you a glare. Like, did you really ask me for a straw? They do. And then I'm just like... So you have to sneak, you have to like sneak past and just steal a straw. I do. So the one next to by where I work, I I know them. So I just reach over, but I felt like the worst person ever because not only was I getting a straw, they were busy. So I don't want to bother them. So I just reached over and grabbed the straw. And like all the onlookers were like, I'm like, chillax. It is a straw. <laughs> like, I'm not stealing it's a like drink. It's like you got naked or something. I know. I was like, I'm not stealing a drink. I'm getting a straw. It'll be fine. So anyhow, and I was like, but am I the only person? The people in front of me were all asking for straws as well. And I'm like, all right. So the idea was to eliminate the use of a straw. But everybody's so frustrated with the lid that they're all asking for a straw. So we're not eliminating a problem. In turn, we're using more plastic, right? Right. So we just need to go back to the old lids. So Starbucks, I'm going to send you an email with my thoughts. Because I just don't think if they eliminate straws, I'm just going to buy my own, which I did. I mean, that's what, you know what? They want you to use, they want you to buy the reusable yeah. cups. Maybe that's what you need to do instead so you won't have this the issue. That, that's the solution. No, not even the metal straws, just the reusable cups of yeah. one size. And then they have the straws you can reuse and there you go. Okay, so my trigger lately has been anytime I'm anywhere, whether it's at the mall or at work, anywhere, people feel the need to approach me and stop me and ask me where something is and i mean i'm very friendly i'm cool i like to help people out but sometimes i'm just like why can't you just look it on your phone because here's the thing it's 2020 and you have a phone there's something called the internet there's something called google you can even google maps things half the time people ask me this there's always something like a guest services in front of me or there's some kind of directory in front of them and they just don't want to look so they're just oblivious and ignorant so yeah mary's gonna start us off with her usual opening quote i think you have a really good one for us this week right yeah so this week we 
felt like it would be appropriate and kind of very timely to talk about navigating uncertainty. And now this is something that I feel like everybody to an extent, well, no, just everybody in general has been dealing with this year in some form or the other, whether it's with a career, whether with family, homeschooling, you could really relate it to any portion. Right, right. So we just felt like we would talk about it and then really talk about some actionable steps that we feel like would be helpful that A, have worked for us, but B, that could work for you guys that are very practical and not too deep or too crazy, but just everyday things that might help navigate or just bring some mindfulness to just the general uncertainty that seems to be just looming everywhere. Like everything just feels, nothing feels concrete. I, I was saying earlier, I told somebody else, this year feels like sand. Like it's just the whole year feels like sand. Like it's like as soon as you grab hold of something, it like falls through your hand. Yeah. Like that was just my analogy that I've been using because <laughs> all I can hear from that is just drowning. <laughs> That's a turn. <laughs> <laughs> so you're drowning? What? No, I mean, because I mean, if you're falling through sand, you're just drowning in sand. I mean, it's not like I, mean, it's, I know it's that's really like dark. I didn't mean to go that dark, but I mean, it, it, I mean, it's I guess pretty you deep. Ta- if you're talk about the mummy, at least the end is good. Have you seen the mummy? It's been a minute since I've seen. Oh, I love so- that movie. I'm, my memory is kind of bad, so I'm sorry I mean, about it's that. not one that's like a top gun or something. <laughs> so I found this quote, and I felt like it was A, relevant to really where we're at, but B, also really kind of what we're going to talk about. Um, it says, people are supposed to fear the unknown, but ignorance is bliss when knowledge is so damn frightening. And that's by Laurel Hamilton. And I just liked that because the phrase that stood out to me was ignorance is bliss when knowledge is so damn frightening. And I feel like that's relatable in every sense of the word. I was thinking about it earlier this year. I rewatched all the Matrixes. Let's add that to <laughs> my ongoing movie list. I told you, if you guys ever knew how many movies I watched. I wish I was ignorant to hearing you say that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, But it was like, all I want to do is take the blue pill and forget like this is happening. But instead, the thing you have to do is take the red pill. And it feels like we do live in a matrix. Like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I feel like we've had a lot of glitches in our matrix this year. Um, (laughs) There's always these random things I see online where people just post like something like a glitch in the matrix. There's like something like they're like Google mapping something like, oh, there's a glitch in this mask. Like it's hard happening there's so many random things or someone's like lagging it, it was like yeah. this funniest little thread i found yeah i mean but, and I think you can relate it to whatever yeah. but at the end of the day though ignorance is bliss when all just so damn frightening and i feel like this year was the year that we finally saw things for what they were it was too much for a lot of us right like how many times did we say this is too much i don't want it i want don't want watch the news which at this point nobody should be watching the news you should be checking the news i just want food <laughs> for thought if you still watch the news, may the force be with you. I don't know how people can still watch the news. In the different sense of just, you know, when you are too knowledgeable about a situation, it's really hard to kind of look at it with from like an ignorant standpoint, kind of being just kind of blind to it. And when you know too much, like if you're too smart or you just know too many facts, it just causes you to look at it in a different perspective as well. Yeah. You could flip it, however, but I think, you know, the beginning too, it's people are supposed to fear the unknown. We are. We're supposed to fear it. But what if we flipped it? And we embraced it. And I feel like that's our challenge this year. It's embracing the unknown, right? And so now we're at this place of how do you do that? Because a lot of us have never really had to be in a position where we welcomed the unknown with open arms because we can deviate away from it. But it feels like our kids going back to school that's an unknown. Will there be a school next year? That's unknown. Are you going to get, get through? <laughs> Are we going to get through to next year? Are you going to get through to next year? Are we going right. to get Corona? Is there another lockdown that's going to happen? Yeah. Like, Every single thing is technically an unknown. 
I'm sure we're supposed to fear it, but we almost have to embrace it. I feel like it was a good launching quote to kind of how we're going to talk about this. So I heard this this morning and literally just thought about it so much. The conclusion that you come to is based on the belief that you start with. And I'll read that again. The conclusion that you come to is based on the belief that you start with. And so when I was thinking about that, I was just like, you know, so every unknown that happened this year, right? I mm-hmm. kind of start, I went into this year with high expectations. I said it was like season eight <laughs> of Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. I started at the beginning of the season. I was like, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And then by like episode three, it was the Battle of Winterfell when it was just like, <laughs> I, I was like, had to, I was like, do, do I turn the lights off to make this better? Like it was like, what's happening? Because it was like the most dark episode I've ever seen in my life. There was just like main characters. I'm like, where are you? Are you dead? What's happening? Long story short, by the end of the season, I was just like, that's it? That's really how you're going to end this? And so it I feels feel kind of like this year. It really does. We had high expectations going into it, and then boom, Kobe Bryant died. Well, even, well, even <laughs> just watching the... I mean, I know for all you peeps that actually watched The Bachelor, I mean, when Pilot Pete had a season, that's kind of how that started, too. We were had high hopes. This was going to be great. As it went on, we're just like, what are we watching? What is going on? <laughs> I don't think I could even finish that, to be honest with you. It was so bad. He was just... Not, <laughs> probably the worst no it's okay yeah but further. that but, but i but if for but those yeah. of you who haven't, who haven't watched game of thrones but you've watched the bachelor you can kind of relate the two together a yeah. little bit so i mean so you have a point but <laughs> very <laughs> disappointing <Yeah. laughs> so, you you really went in with high hopes and then everything just went to shit <laughs> um but yeah so the conclusion that you come to is based on the belief that you start with So I feel like a lot of us as, well, I guess by the middle of the year through like April, our belief was that it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then all of a sudden by like June, we're like, but it's not though. And so our conclusion then started to become this idea of it's not going to get better. So our belief that we started with was there's like no hope. Mm -hmm. Genuinely, that's how a lot of us still feel. Right? Like, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But now that cases are back up again, <laughs> Yeah, we're just hard. getting back to that negative kind of mindset. Or the, we're not going to make it to the end of this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not in, in some form of normality. Yeah. But, you know, I think, too, for me, this was a very faith-based quote insofar as if you start with this idea that you're going to believe that it's in God's hands, the conclusion would be that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But how often do we flip the narrative because our beliefs are not what we see? Right. Well, I know with me personally, too, I know you I know you're very faith based. I've just had a very long ongoing journey with my spirituality, too. So it's kind of different for me because I've gone through certain things in my life that have caused me to believe something initially. And then I didn't believe that God had my back or anything like that. I mean, you've you've seen me go through like that journey. Oh, we've all been there. So, you know, it's definitely interesting for sure. But it just kind of depends on like what your belief is. But at the end of the day, too, whatever you believe in it kind of well, all yeah, meshes together saying, too but no yeah i think believe whatever you want to believe i'm not here to tell you right or wrong but i mean i think for me that's where it stems from and i think for your point too a lot of us have questioned this year like i think you can pretty much take this year and be like is god good i think mm-hmm. that that's a fair question to ask and i've wrestled with that question oh, for so many years mm-hmm. because there were so many things where i'm like i don't understand why this happened i don't understand why mm-hmm. this is happening but the thing is you have to start you, you have to make sure that your ground, so I'll give you this analogy, and this is something I think of quite frequently. I feel like so many times God has wrecked my plans to build a new foundation. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is my foundation was built on opinions of others, certain things that I felt like I had to do instead of actual truth, right? Right. 
And so when you build your life on actual sustainable truth of something, then your conclusions become more optimistic as opposed to pessimistic, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so when you take the viewpoint of, is God good? And don't get me wrong. I feel like if somebody says they haven't asked that question, you know they're lying, right? Like we've all have been, we've all struggled and wrestled. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's in the Bible. How many times do you see Jesus' disciples had terrible pasts, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't look at anybody in the Bible and like, oh, they're these perfect people, right? Like nobody is. And that's what we need to get out of our heads is the fact that God only picks perfect people to use. In fact, he doesn't. No. He yeah. picks very broken people because that's his specialty. He yeah. specializes. Oh, I'm very broken. <laughs> no, we I've all got, are. Yeah, we, we all are. are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody isn't. Yeah. I think people are really good at hiding it. Yeah. But it's this idea of I'm going to start with this belief and base that I know that God is for me and that his promises are true. Then the conclusion is going to be it's okay. As opposed to, it's all on my shoulders, everything is on me, but we're human, we make mistakes, right? Yeah. This year, I haven't, re- I know people feel like they, they can relate to that belief for sure. I know for me, I kind of didn't take the quarantine as hard as many others because I've gone through so much other crazy stuff before to kind of prepare me for the worst. So even, you know, I'm going to kind of kind of tell you like a short little story, but you know, when I turned 20, you know, I lost my mom and that turned my whole world upside down. And at that point, I questioned my faith I questioned God everything and I was like okay like if this happened to me he doesn't care so that was where my love-hate relationship started and of course over the last decade I'm about to turn 30 like I'm now finally getting to a point where like before I moved um you know everything I went through kind of helped me find him in a sense and kind of figure out okay like what's my purpose what's my path things like that so whenever I moved here of course I started to see more answers from him and things like that but just going through losing a parent and everything in that sense, it really does break you down and cause you to restructure your belief and your mindset. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting when you kind of pull it from the perspective of you were kind of launched into the unknown at a very young age and mm-hmm. your world of flips upside down. Yeah. And so... It gives you that like supernatural strength almost to deal with anything that comes your way. Well, you had to deal with a lot in a very short period yeah. of time at a very young age. And so I think that really you could you're gonna ask a lot of questions and I think it's okay to ask questions like that was one of the things I really never felt comfortable asking questions and then I came to a point in my life not nearly as tragic as yours but Mm -hmm. where I was just like god uh, hi so (laughs) hey what's up maybe my address again (laughs) and so and like just FYI like I'm still in Ohio and I really like to vacate as soon as possible thanks bye Mm -hmm. but we come to those moments and we question God and I feel like so many of us we feel like bad people if we do it but it's I think God in a sense wants us to challenge him in in certain things so he can show himself more faithful if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and I know not everybody agrees with that and I get that a lot of people are probably going to disagree but that's just been my personal journey right right once I started to ask the hard questions and really ask God why, 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 not that I ever got a bunch of answers, but I had a lot of peace about things. Yeah. I think it's just really important for everybody to believe in something. And that's kind of like circling back to the, just like the quote in general, like if you, whatever you believe in it, you don't have to like just believe in God, whatever it is that you believe in, stay strong and believe in that and you'll be fine. You know, you'll get to where you need to go and just Though that's where your morals and your values also yeah, come in hand. Yeah, I was listening hand. to a, I don't know if anybody listening has watched the Dave Chappelle, David Letterman interview yet, but <laughs> it was so great. I yeah. I love Dave Chappelle. Anything with him in it, I've watched yes. just because I, I think 
He's so unapologetically himself, and he just doesn't care. It'd be, if, it would be great to have him as a guest on here someday. <laughs> he lives in Ohio, just saying. We're going to find him. Um, don't say that. That's stalkerish. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was interesting. One of the things he said in it, David Letterman was asking him about how he's kind of handled this year. And he was like, you know, at some point, he's like, I had to give up the belief that I had to do certain things and understand that God has a plan. And he's like, I don't know how anybody could go through this and not believe in a higher power. Mm-hmm. And to your point, though, believe in whatever you want to believe in. I'm mm-hmm. not, like I said, we're not yeah. here to tell you right or wrong. This is just our personal vantage right. point. But at the same time, it is so hard to walk through life without a belief or faith based in something bigger than you mm-hmm. because then why are you here what's the point right exactly why are we here <laughs> and, and so but that's the thing it's just like you you have to believe in a higher power yeah. however you view it, whatever it is yeah even if you're just only spiritual you believe that the universe somehow yeah, works I mean, like off people of something believe in the universe right yeah, you believe yeah. whatever everything believe yeah. but i think my personal journey and your personal journey have been with god yeah and so i think as different as they may be, they still right. come together at one point. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I feel like everybody believes in this all-encompassing God from whatever. And and I've studied my fair share of religions. Oh, my gosh. How many denominations did we go to at one point? Girl. We went to some <laughs> churches and I was like, what do you people do here? Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, I grew and th- this is this is the funny part. So I grew up, I was raised in a very <laughs> Eastern European Soviet household. But we're just Jewish. But I always questioned if, like, how are we Jewish if we're just Jewish by blood and everything? So... As I got older with my faith, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what do I believe in? And then so Mary started taking me to non-denominational churches. And that was a very fun journey. There's all sorts of ones she introduced me to. Well, some of them weren't. Some, were, some weren't. We and it was very. <laughs> You're absolutely right. There were so many that I went to and I was like. We were there for eight hours. There was one church we went to. It, it was a very long day. And we had already worked an eight hour shift <laughs> I, that day. I remember. And he we was weren't like, allowed to he, stop <laughs> singing. We had to dance and sing. He was like, God is a key drag of time. I'm like, okay, but we do. I will. I was, I, you know what? I'm very triggered by that whole scenario. I'm just I remembering mean, that. Here's the thing. I, I will say though, as, as bizarre as it was, we took a lot away from it. We really did. Of genuinely. course. But it was just like, and, and I think this is why I personally go back to non-denominational because I don't really, I feel like when you put, and this was, wasn't my intent, I'll just put this out there. I feel like when you layer faith with religion, it becomes a lot of rules and resources. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that. But I feel like people need to praise God however they want to. And for me, non-denominational has been the only way that I've been able to do that. It's just because they really focus on the overall message that they're trying to portray. That's it. That's why I personally relate to that because everything all the religions to me all the religions have like the same kind of idea in a sense like for sure you know not trying to like put anything out there in that one in that way but it's all like everybody as long as you're a good person at the end of the day whatever that is to you you just try to do what you believe is best but that's really it and that's why the non-denominational is so great there's no judgment there as well many people with so many different faith backgrounds and it's very very kind very very friendly very and they're very diverse and very accepting yes and I think that was what I was really surprised by. But also, they really do try to celebrate all the different denominations, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And because that's the thing. I think, you know, you can praise however you want to praise. But there was just certain things that didn't work for me and certain things that did. And obviously, you cling to things that do. But um, the conclusion that you came to is based on the belief that you start with. And so, I think for me, I think the idea of maintaining your belief as a basis point is going to be your launching pad into how you view whatever you're dealing with, whatever uncertainty. So that said, we're going to kind of take you through some action steps that we found. And I really, really enjoyed 
these seven steps. They're super easy to just kind of like latch on to. Um, so this is the introduction. In a world filled with accelerating unprecedented change, the ability to navigate the unknown and explore new areas is becoming an essential skill, says Michelle James. Here are seven valuable tools that you may find useful for deep personal and creative reflection. One, change the lens that you use for seeing the unknown. And I loved this one. And I, the idea that really stuck with me on this one is the idea of belief versus truth. So just because you believe something doesn't mean that it's true. Right. right? Yeah. I was listening to a Stephen Furtick message this morning and he drove home this idea of we believe what we want to believe and inherently call it our truth when that's not the case. So if you're going to go around thinking that your belief is based in people or based in your job, I think we spoke about this a lot last episode. If we base our value as a person in our employment or if we're employed or whatever it is, then essentially our self-esteem is going to take a hit. Yeah. The truth is we were made for a purpose, Mm -hmm. right? So we need to be super careful, especially now, dear God, especially now, people are throwing around their opinions like they're just everything. So the idea of viewing your life through the lens of truth versus what you believe, and this will take a lot of self-reflection and inventory, but it is so critical. Yeah. And it's really hard to do too. Like I find myself being very negative to myself because of the negativity of other people, whether it's their opinion about me, whatever it may be. And I know we talked about self-talk last episode too. And I really, after that, the last episode, I started thinking about how negative I am to myself and constantly when I wake up every day, I'm like, I'm not doing the best today. I'm, I'm not cute enough or I'm, I literally suck. Like literally different things like that. And then other people are like, you're great. You're doing such a good job. And I realized, damn, like I really am putting myself down. And somebody literally, like one of my friends questioned me like, why are you putting yourself down so much? Like, you're such an amazing person. I'm like, I don't know. And that's why it's so important to constantly stay positive. And that is the thing. Like, if you believe that you're this, it doesn't mean it's true. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. Julie said the same thing to me. And I guess at the same time, like, that was something I became aware of. But I think consciously we know, but unconsciously it's a whole separate piece Mm -hmm. of self-talk is huge. It It is everything because I think really as you continue to say things about yourself and and I get it becomes truth (laughs) no it gives people an invitation to say that as well right so and people feel comfortable because they feel like so let's if you're saying it then yeah I can say that about you too so if you go around telling everybody like oh like don't like I don't need to be doing this or um you know oh my gosh I look so tired or whatever then people are gonna be like yeah like you look exhausted right like so then you open up the door for people to affirm those negative things as opposed to, and it's weird. And I'm not saying go around and be like, wow, I'm amazing, aren't I? Right? Like, that's not <laughs> I what do I'm that saying. all day long to help my self talk. <laughs> I really do. This is my self talk. It's fine. <laughs> I'm so amazing. Hair flip. <laughs> Anybody who knows me, that's what I do. Oh my no. gosh, I know. Um, <laughs> but I think, though, this, this idea of your belief versus truth is so important. And I would honestly encourage anybody who's listening to challenge yourself. To really say, do I believe the things because I think that they're true or are they actual truths? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really going to kind of stem into a big self-awareness piece. And a lot of this is all self-awareness. And so if you're not a person who's self-aware evolved, I guess, 
then this is going to be a great starting point to become self-aware because it's everything to me. I think self-awareness is a superpower personally. I don't think a lot of people are self-aware. I mean, I think this year's also brought people just kind of into four corners and be with themselves to yeah. really realize their self-awareness. Oh my gosh, for sure. I mean, I think, I mean, we could talk about, we'll do another podcast about like self-love and what that means. But I mm-hmm. think so many people are in a place where they're just like, I don't like myself. I don't like spending time with myself. Um, okay, number two consciously engage uncertainty i thought that was interesting because to me i feel like i don't do that i avoid it so going back to the (laughs) beginning quote like it's ignorance is bliss right like Mm -hmm. take the blue pill and forget about it Mm -hmm. and then when you take the red pill which does everybody i hope everyone knows i'm talking yeah i'm I'm sure if not dm us we'll explain it (laughs) don't dm me google it dm me i'll explain (laughs) um but so many people DM me. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm never. I <laughs> well, with that quote. Whenever I, well, you know what? Whenever I think of that, I know when I deal with anything unknown. Like going back to when I was losing my mom too. Like I always, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a planner. So like whenever my mom was like getting ready to pass away, so it was like a week before she died. I literally got a notebook. Was like, hey mom, tell me everything I need to know for the next twenty years, right? And she's like. Um, no, you don't, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. Cause literally you're going to be fine. You just have to learn things as they go and whatnot. And that was the first time I realized, yeah, this is, this is happening. And I just got to face it head on and it's okay. And then after that, every time I've faced anything unknown, whether it's some crazy obstacles or anything, I never panic. I mean, there's times maybe, but honestly, every, like everybody always freaks out that I'm so calm. Literally the whole sky could be falling down and I'm like, it's okay. We're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. So I feel like I mean, maybe I subconsciously, maybe subconsciously engage that, maybe not consciously. But... Yeah, it's interesting. You do do that. I mean, I'm very much the person who will freak out at anything all <laughs> yes, the time. Yes, and we've worked together, and you've always panicked. I'm like, it's okay. I always panic, <laughs> always. I, I always tell people one of my special skills is looking at things from the worst case scenario and being yeah. like, you can, and that's the thing, and you can jump to conclusions and go through your mind and be like, da da yeah. da 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 and this is it, and this is where it's going to be. We're going to end up homeless on the street. That's it. See, I feel like in relationships, <laughs> that's how I am. I go to worst, I automatically go to worst case scenarios if I'm in a relationship with somebody and I don't hear a response from them or something, or they just disappear for a minute because something happened. Like the last relationship I was in, the guy literally he lost his phone and he couldn't get a hold of me for like two days and I thought he died because he actually because that's when oh because COVID COVID happened I'm like oh my god did you get COVID did you get to the hospital because before he messaged me he was going to the hospital for a test so I was just freaking out but that's where I find myself automatically going to worst case scenarios well but I think too so and this is this is the thing of where your belief system starts is you believe that the worst case scenario is going to happen as right. do I, right? Yeah. So that's going back to this idea that like your conclusion is based on your belief. Yeah. So if you believe that this person is for you and all the things, then you wouldn't jump to that, nor would I, right? Like right. if I really believed that genuinely this thing wasn't going to like, whatever it is, like this year wasn't going to like take me out, I'd be like, okay, it's going to be fine. Like now I, <laughs> I do feel... Well, now that you've gone through some part of the year knowing it's going to be okay, now you're like, okay, I believe everything's going to be fine. Well, we can handle this. Well, not everything, that, but, but things are going okay. We're going to see what happens. We're going to take every step of the way just at face value and just go with it, right? We're not going to keep stressing about things that you can't control. Exactly. I remember I was having a conversation with <laughs> my my boss and this was like when all this stuff happened and I was back at work and I was just like, I'm freaking out about everything. I don't know what's going to happen. And she looked at me. She's like, Mary, you're just going to have to deal with it. And I was like, deal with what? She's like, not knowing. I was like no <laughs> you're like i don't do well with that i, do I need well to know everything and i literally and she was just like you're just gonna have to figure it out and i'm like okay 
(laughs) (laughs) But it was just like, it was, but that's just, I don't do well with that. So it's been a huge trial on my mental state in terms Mm -hmm. of that, of trying to navigate through this. So I can say that consciously engage uncertainty has been actually very helpful for me because it's like you're actually thinking through it in a a methodical way, not just like worst Mm -hmm. case scenario. Like, okay, if this happens, this happens, then this is going to happen, right? Yeah. So there's a plan, like you're, you have plans for kind of how it's set up. But I think the thing is, it's just don't live in ignorance and pretend it doesn't exist. Right. Like the the thing with COVID, right? So let's say cases are going to spike again. Like, Believe whatever you want to believe in COVID. I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to tell you that. But at the same time, like, if it's happening, right, just, like, consciously engage what's going on around you. Right, right. And don't be ignorant to the fact that, like, it isn't existing. Right. And it also offends other people if you're just going to act like that. Because there are people who really, truly believe it's going on and they have health problems because well, of it. People can believe whatever they want to believe. But I think it's just the thing of just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Right, exactly. Going back to that point. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so three, allow the process to be messy. I don't like this one. I read it and I was like, pass. Well, I mean, it can be, I mean, when I was just looking at that, I was kind of just thinking, like you're saying, if you do, if you go through uncertainty with a methodical plan or whatever, then what, allowing it to be messy is just, if you make a mistake, it's cool. Like, I don't know. Well, I think it's, I think it's accepting the, the fail factor, right? I think that success in this season is getting through it, even if you fail. Right. right. Yeah. Failure. So okay. I think it's like so. For example, take the fact that we were both on unemployment and we both got screwed over by it because it didn't work for like three months, right, or whatever <laughs> it was. So it's just like so. We at some point had to allow it to be messy and annoying. The fact yeah. that like we, you know, we had to do all these things. Like mm-hmm. I had to buy a car and I didn't have an income. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. And I think, but that's the thing. Did I allow it to be messy? No. I wanted it to be precise and linear. And I feel like that's one of yeah. the things that I. I enjoy personally is I was like, I'd like things to be linear. I like steps to go A, B, C, D. This is what you do. Nonlinear really freaks me out. And yeah. this whole year has been nonlinear. See, I thrive in <laughs> nonlinear things. I mean, this year has been kind of a hot mess, but I'm used to that. Like if any, because even with like math problems, there's different ways to solve certain math For problems. Sure. Right? So I've always been the kind of person, like if I know how you get to the answer, I can figure out a different way to get to it. So that's kind of how I am. Like, especially with problem solving. So I guess, Earlier this year, too, when I didn't have my unemployment come through or anything like that, of course, I, like, had to ask my dad for help and everything. But I just figure out different things that I can do to kind of help me out of the situation. I did cry a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> we all did. If yes. somebody says I didn't cry, this but, year, you. But no, but I, I definitely feel, I mean, I can relate to the fact, like, you know, if you, if you need everything to be kind of, like, one way in that sense of being linear and being linear and whatnot i'm like the opposite i feel like i i can thrive in chaos well and i think going back to your point though it's because you've been launched into this uncertainty before so you have a better handle on it and i can help people get through it in some shape or form yeah i mean i think because you've experienced what like personally your end of the world feels like Mm -hmm. you you know nothing really feels like that gravity and mm-hmm. so I think you're okay with it being messy because you've experienced mm-hmm. it so I think yeah. you have you have those handholds mm-hmm. whereas you know my experiences have been very different yeah. but I think it's just I don't like things to not be yeah straight and narrow you know right four actively leave the familiar this one's hard for me too and so but I think it's interesting because when you think about it like really think about how often do you guys really step out of your comfort zone insofar as like maybe just like trying something new at a restaurant or getting a new drink at Starbucks or going to not Starbucks and getting another coffee? We do the same. We're so routine oriented. We're creatures of habit. We are. I'm a creature of habit. I 
very rarely deviate from like a salad for dinner or Mm -hmm. coffee in the morning, right? Like, I feel like you're alone in this category because I tend to find myself changing things up. Oh, I don't. I mean, I mean, I I do. I mean, there's days where I mean, I'm like automatically I get Starbucks because there's just nothing else to choose from where I'm going, where I work. But there's a morning I'll be like, you know, I'm just going to make my own coffee. But I've also had to I didn't have enough money to go get coffee. I'm like, okay, how am I going to get coffee today? I just made my own or something. But I'm always like open to trying new things, though. But some people aren't, though. Well, that's Yeah, you are. I'm really not. It took my my. (laughs) So you're all on your own on this topic. Yeah, it was. Pretty much, I do consistently try to go visit my brother in LA, and the, one of the things that you really eat all the time is sushi out there. I love sushi. Yeah, no, I'm not like a fish person. Like, I just don't like things from the ocean. Is like a general to eat. <laughs> like, I just I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. I mean, you're allowed just, to not like it. I know. I just like so. But we went to this place, and it, the only thing you get was sushi, and I like had to try oh. because I felt like the worst. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't. It wasn't my your favorite. favorite. <laughs> but I think that's the thing. It's just like, do I actively try to do things right. that scare you? And I think that that's something that this year again has really kind of everybody has had to leave their familiar in a sense of you didn't have like now you have to be a homeschooled teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're homeschooling your kids now you have to be a teacher, or all of a sudden you had to find a new job, or you have a new group of people in your job. Mm-hmm. Or you have brand new people on your team, or you have a brand new job entirely, mm-hmm. or you're just trying or something new, like starting a podcast or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, this that. is. I mean, this is the most uncomfortable thing for me in general because I'm like, like you know, a lot of people know I love to write, but speaking is not my biggest thing. And yeah, but you're overcoming a fear, right? I right? am, and this is like, this is so great. I love it. But that's good. So actively leave the familiar. So do something. That, that scares you. That scares you it and may end up you. in failure. But I think the thing is, so one of the things I always say personally is I would rather live in this idea of failure, quote unquote, it didn't work, rather than regret. So I would never want to look on something and say, I wish I did that. I'd rather say, you know what? It didn't work out. Yeah. Right? And also uh, what I want to leave you with that is what this year has taught us is that time is not guaranteed. So no. if there's something you want nope. to try, do try it, it now because you don't know if there's a tomorrow. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, but the worst, what's the worst case scenario? It doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. And that's what I told myself with this, with how you're talking yeah. about this podcast. This is scary for yeah. me too, because it's, you're putting yourself out there yeah. to like people you don't know, but that's, that's yeah. the point of it. Right. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're here and we know yeah. our goal in this is to inspire and to help people and to encourage them in whatever capacity, same encouragement A that we need mm-hmm. or B that we need it at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so that is our goal in this. And I feel like if you're going to do something, you just have to have your goals aligned correctly. Exactly. So actively leave the familiar. Five, use multidimensional creative approaches. And I really liked this one because it was all about problem solving. Oh, I love problem solving. Yeah. But it was, I think, but how often do we look at something from just a black and white perspective? Or do we look at something from this is, I mean, think about some of the nonprofit work we do, right? We both do a lot of nonprofit work. How many times do we have to get so creative in what we're doing because there's no path for it? There's no map. If in this season, everything is going to be vastly different, we need to attack it from a different perspective. So we can't keep doing the same thing because it's just, we're just expecting a different result. And in this season, we don't really know what the result we're going to get is, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, it's, it's an interesting one because I personally, and this is just my personal opinion, I don't think a lot of people are problem solvers. And, and it, it irritates me when people don't problem solve. Is that a trigger of yours? Mm, yeah, like the straw situation in Starbucks. <laughs> <fix it. laughs> but right, though, I mean, you're absolutely right. A lot of people can't problem solve in just simple things. I can't bring them off the top of my head. Oh, right my now, gosh. But... but think about how many times something happens. So let's say um, 
and I'm just going to say this, you know, you have to make it to work. And instead of your car breaks down and you don't know how to get to work, it's like, right. Uber, okay, Uber. Or, uh, but that's the thing. It's just like, so people are just like, oh, it is. Sorry, I'm off. Like, they, I'm, I'm not coming in. And instead of I'm like, OK, but like, is there like an Uber? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So it's just like nobody problem solves. They just live in their problem. And that is my biggest trigger of anything in life. It's when yeah. people just live in their problems. Like, I get it. And I'm not saying like you can't have a problem mm-hmm. for sure. And and I mean, but like, but yeah. get get to a place of being okay with it, and like, how do you overcome it? But don't live in it, right? Don't mm-hmm. sit there and, and say this is the rest of my life. And going back to, this is when you're going into something, and you're like, oh, this is it. This is you know, my life is just awful. Every bad thing happens to me. It's because your belief system is based in some sort of non-truth, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Six. Be the beginner. Oh. I think it's interesting because how many of us really like to be the starter? How many of us really like to do, so for example, let's say you're in a speech class. I know you don't like speech, but like (laughs) if somebody volunteered for you to go first, would you go? You know, honestly, I probably would. I probably wouldn't do a great job, but be like, you know what? I'll just do it. I'll get it over with. I tend to do that in my career more, like at, at my job when we have to like talk on a conference call, whatever it is, even sending like a video or something or whatever. I'm usually the first one who just volunteers because I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm really confident about this. But then. But you're confident. But that's the right. thing. It's like, so what if you're doing something you were confident in? Would you be the beginner? Um, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, probably not. Maybe I'm just looking back when I wasn't confident enough. I think that's how I built my confidence, though. Me personally, yeah, that's what sure. I did. Some people might not be the same, but I was okay with it. Did I make a fool of myself? Yes. Millions of times. And did I care? Maybe a little bit, but it's okay. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I got we, over we it. always kind of care to an extent, but. That's, I think it's just be the beginner, do something first. And I feel like for a lot of people, that's both gratifying, but very scary, right? Like yeah. seeing all your work come through and doing, mm-hmm. being able to, things are so great, but it's very, very scary to yeah. put yourself out there for whatever it is, right? Whatever, it doesn't even have to be something totally life-changing. It just could be applying for a new job or mm-hmm. starting or starting a new sport or joining something, yeah. right? Like a club or whatever. I mean, I think you could pick really anything like one of my friends and I went and played tennis the other day and I I forgot how much I love tennis and I think that's the thing it's just like but in a sense I'm kind of starting over because I haven't played it for so many years Mm -hmm. so now I have to become the beginner in this thing that I do to an extent know how to play but I I, you know I don't really have a lot of basis for it yeah so I have to be okay with being the beginner yeah well for me I see it more so Naturally, I feel like I've always kind of been like a leader in my group of friends, too. So I would always start something. I started a blog and everybody's like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm so glad you started this. Or even before in my group of friends, you know, there would be something I would start. Like, even when I got a job for the first time, I was like 16. Then everybody else started getting a job. It was just different things. So just You didn't start the job. I mean, I didn't start the job. I mean, I started working and then they're like, oh, that's cool. Like, you're the line leader, too, in school. Uh, Yes, actually. I won the spelling bee um champion i was okay. a spelling bee champion and then no no but <laughs> no i i was very else you like list, list off your resume <laughs> <laughs> let me let me just uh, look at my list no but i've always felt just like almost like a trendsetter in my group of friends in that sense and they've always followed what i do or just <laughs> but no but i mean like i'm just kind of taking it a different way than you obviously yours was more being like a beginner at something me is like kind of the beginner the beginner of things in a sense yeah I mean and I think you could take it from this you're talking about being a leader and I think (laughs) being a leader for sure but I think this is where you see English is in my second language (laughs) 
Stop. It's, you're very good at English. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, I mean, you can take, I mean, you can take things in different meanings too, you for be sure. Be a beginner, though. be a leader. But when you're a leader, you also set, um, you are also leading by example by doing something mm-hmm. first as well. That's where I was the trying to get at it. The most important thing, and I'm excited to do more leadership ones because I think, <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's something I'm very passionate yeah. about because I don't think enough leaders are the example. I don't. No. Personally, if you are a leader and you're leading any sort of people, whether it's five people or 300 people or 5,000 people, you are an example. You need to be one. If you're not, I honestly don't have a tolerance for it because it's not fair. People are looking up to you, genuinely looking up to you, wanting to be like you, wanting to get yeah. to the position you're in, wanting to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And people misuse their power. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it burns me like yeah. it just does because yeah. I know how much work it takes to get to certain levels yeah. and do certain things. Yeah. And how important it is to have people look up to you. And yeah. when people misuse their roles, yeah. it burns me. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, so if you're so if you're talking about being in the beginner, I mean, to an extent, <laughs> it does mean being a leader in whatever it is. But you want to mimic the good behaviors and the learn from the bad ones. Like I always say, I never, you'll never really hear me say something is a weakness. I'm always going to say it's an opportunity mm-hmm. because I genuinely think that when we say weakness, it really means that there's no room for improvement. Right. It just gives you that negative. It just, that, right an opportunity. But I, consequently, I don't think we play enough on the strengths. I was listening to, do you ever listen to the Impact Theory podcast? I have not. Oh, it's so great. He did a whole one on how we don't play at people's strengths enough. And he's like, think about it. In school, when people fail, they make you focus on the ones to kind of get your grade up. And, you know, consequently, like, there's a lot of classes that I took that I'm just like, obviously, I'm not going to be like Albert Einstein, like a mathematician. Mm-hmm. That's just not my lane. But instead of spending all the time, why don't we spend more time on the strengths? Yeah. Right? We spend so much time focusing on improving the opportunities, which they are. But at the same time, what if we spent that much time improving people's strengths? Yeah. Well, you know, um, funny that you mentioned that. Just recently, I just kind of, I got added onto a little group project at work where we started off kind of figuring out there's like four of us we sent an email to um each other saying what our strengths and weaknesses are or not even weaknesses like kind of like what we feel like we need more improvement opportunities opportunities. yeah Yeah. and it was really cool because we really focused on the fact you know all of us are so strong in all these different aspects and we saw how much we overlapped in that and now we're helping each other build our strengths up and help us improve in what we feel like our opportunities are but our biggest focus was the strength, and it's funny that you bring that up, just because um, it's very, very relevant. Actually, well, <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, I think especially if you're looking at this from a perspective of being the beginner, you can only be the beginner of something that you're strong mm-hmm. at, right? So I'm not going to go be the beginner of like some elite math competition, like absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody would just be like, "Please leave." <laughs> um, <laughs> two plus two is four. Be <laughs> like, okay, and thank that's you. That's about all I know. I know that the well, the limit does not exist for Mean Girls. <laughs> that's, the limit does that, not exist. That's my answer to everything. The limit does not exist. One day it'll be right. I yeah. Um, <laughs> seven. Accept the human paradox. Super interesting to me. While a part of us may love the mystery, we have another part of us in our reptilian primal brain that has been hardwired to fear what is around the corner. When we perceive threats to survive, we like to know what's next. Ironically, the same world that makes people want to retreat to their caves to hide from the predators is the same world that is requiring new levels of innovation to adapt and thrive. Why is change exciting and when is it threatening to you? So it's this idea of we are in we are programmed to embrace mystery, right? right. So, so think about how many of us like we love something like Halloween because it's just like everything's unknown, right? 
I actually cannot stand Halloween to save my life. <laughs> Why? It's it's a it's just like a weird holiday. I don't know. I don't I, the, the dressing up thing really isn't for me. I'm really not a Halloween person. My youngest brother plans his Halloween costume like three months in advance. Like I'm not kidding. But I mean, I don't like to live. I feel like all of Halloween is a known. We're programmed to love the mystery, but we've been hardwired to fear what is around the corner. Okay. So that's the paradox of it, right? So right. as humans. We genuinely don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we're programmed to fear it. Right. Making it a paradox. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's... But it's interesting, though, yeah. because she writes, accept it. So accept the human paradox. So accept that in humans, we are imperfectly perfect, and nobody really knows what tomorrow brings. I mean, no psychics, nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, none of that stuff yeah. is real. None of that stuff works. But I think we have to accept that there's going to be a human paradox. And until we do that, we're going to be living in this constant state of unknown. That's why you find a lot of people trying to do research on things that they don't know about. I mean, so many people want to research about death and things like that just because they don't know what to expect. And they're like, oh, I can research this. But, you know, that gives them some kind of peace of mind just knowing, oh, yeah, there's some information on this. But is it really true? No one knows. Well, that's the thing. It's just like it's all speculation, all of it, right? Like look at like the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. (laughs) Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many shows in Discovery Channel there are on it because people are just desperate to find an answer Mm -hmm. because we don't, we love the mystery, but we fear it at the same time. We're so divided. And what's interesting to me is that we are the most connected, but we are the most disconnected that we've ever been. There's 5,000 ways to connect with somebody, email, FaceTime, whatever. Well, the easier we make it for us to do this, the more distance it makes us, but, right? Yeah, but yeah, we're that's the, the thing most that's like, disconnected yeah. because at the same time, can we really tell each other about real things in our day? I was watching the Social Dilemma, the mm-hmm. documentary. Yeah. Super great. I know I mentioned it last time, but if you haven't watched it, please go check it out. But they said the problem now is with the introduction of the internet, fake news spreads six times more mm-hmm. than truth. Of course. So no, I agree. It's interesting. So accept the human paradox. So I saw this thing. I don't know if any of you followed Dustin Nickerson, but he's a great comedian on on uh, social media. And he said, "In good news, the what are you grateful for speeches should be pretty short this year for Thanksgiving." <laughs> That's great. All right, so guys, thank you so much for joining us this week and really just letting us give you some actionable tips on how to handle uncertainty and letting us kind of talk about what that means and different kinds of things. You know, there's seven different steps, seven different tools that you can use to kind of change your way of thinking about that, right? Yeah. And I think it's really important to kind of, as you go through these steps, if you do, and I encourage you to just kind of think about them, to maintain and understand that the conclusion that you come to is based in your belief system. So please understand that your belief system, and and again, we're not talking about a religious thing, just in how you believe the world is, will genuinely and truly really interpret what conclusions you come to and how quickly you come to them. And if you're struggling with that, we hope that these will kind of help and just give you some guidance and just a general barometer for how to kind of take a pulse of everything that's happening because it can be hard and overwhelming and difficult and feel like there's just, we're an information overload and we become addicted to the information we have. We become addicted to knowing all the things and all the conspiracy theories and who has the most craziest one to share and 
I read some of these. And remember when, like, aliens were here? That was, like, yeah. fun. And no, I mean, nobody was phased by the nobody aliens. Nobody was phased. It was, like, the Pentagon was, like, aliens are real. And people were, like, like eh. okay, cool. Like, and that's when you know you've hit it. That's when you know you've <laughs> hit <bottom>. the <laughs> Rock bottom with 2020. Aliens are real. Yeah, cool. Thanks, bro. <laughs> and it was almost like everybody knew that. Um, <laughs> but no. <laughs> but, uh, but... As, as things kind of just continue, or if you're facing a really uncertain time in your life, we hope this will help, but also make sure that you have a really solid belief system. And if you are unsure what that is, I really encourage you to be self-aware enough to say, I need help and I want to do the work and reach out to people. And, you know, we talked a lot about just kind of like doing things on your own, but we're very big in the idea and we're very understanding that we're not made to be alone and that we're very relationship driven as well. So you need people to help you get through those times. So if you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, reach out, ask somebody, say, Hey, can you walk through this with me? Or if you need something, ask a coworker, ask your boss. Like it is not terrible to say, I need some help trying to figure this out, but we're all, we're all there. We're all in the same ship. Yep, and if you're if you and if you're listening to this and you know somebody that needs help, be kind, be help, you know, be helpful to that person that you know that needs that help. And as always, guys, we love your feedback. We love to see you guys subscribe to our podcast and leave us an amazing five star review. But also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Sorry about that podcast. I'll have all the tags in our email in our bio in also the episode notes. But you know, guys, we're so excited to bring you a new episode next Tuesday. And, and please send it to friends, family, coworkers, somebody who you think might need this message. Yes. Share it in your stories too. Tag us. We'll yeah, repost it. Because we are not in this for just like you hearing us talk. Let's we really want to help you, you guys. Some of you are just like, who even are these people talking to me? And that's totally warranted. And we get that. And when we started this, we were like, we're not that well known. Like people are going to be like, what are they talking about? One day though. One day. But, (laughs) I mean, we have a little bit of ways to go. But until we get there, though, I really hope that you guys take this information and share it and really send it to somebody who you think it might help because we don't really care if they know our names or not. We just want to be able to help people. All right. And we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Bye. Sorry about that.